You are listening to TV on the Throne, a Game of Thrones podcast brought to you by TVAmyDinner.com. We met you and I many years ago. I think I would have remembered that. Unlikely, you had just been born. Our father brought me and my sister Elia with him on a visit to Casterly Rock. My first time away from Dorne. I didn't like anything about the rock. <laughs> not the food, not the weather, not your accents, nothing. But the biggest disappointment, you. You and my family have more in common than you might admit. The whole way from Dorne, all anyone talked about was the monster that had been born to Tywin Lannister. A head twice the size of his body, a tail between his legs, claws, one red eye, the privates of both a girl and a boy. That would have made things so much easier. When we met your sister, she promised she would show you to us. Every day we would ask, every day she would say, soon. Then she and your brother took us to your nursery and she unveiled the freak. Your head was a bit large, your arms and legs were a bit small, but no claw. No red eye, no tail between your legs. We didn't try to hide our disappointment. That's not a monster, I told Cersei. That's just a baby. My name is Sean. I'm here with Andrew and Gary. Tonight we're going to talk about the seventh episode of season four, Mockingbird. Yes, sir. Yes. I might be known as Sir Hyperbole tonight, though. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of facetious respect being thrown around. But, uh... But yeah, so so now, like, last episode and this episode, it was like, oh, well, here we are, we're getting going. Because it's the classic Game of Thrones. It's like, now we're getting going. It's like, and two episodes left. It's like, oh, God <laughs> damn it. No! We're just getting started. But this what is did like, you guys think of this episode overall? Very, very excited about this episode. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was pretty good. I thought it was the best this year. I feel completely vindicated because it's like there were no surprises because they were like, yep, called that. Yep, but it, called but, that. But it's also, it's just how well written it is that, that it was still enjoyable. It was done so well. We knew all everything, that big surprise that happened, we knew. But we're like, oh, yeah, it's so it was well gratifying. It's like, oh my God, they're yeah. really going to do this. We're really going to get to see Uber and fight the mountain. Yeah. We'll get to see yeah, someone go down a moon hole. Finally. Yeah. Yeah, the reveals then, were just great. Yeah, let's start going through it because we'll go through because we'll, we're going to jump to the end if we don't be careful. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, op- <laughs> we open in King's Landing with Jamie and Tyrion. So it's like a direct follow up conversation. Yeah. 
And I have to say, I'm slightly disappointed, although I'm not surprised, but I'm a little disappointed because I kind of was hoping that Tyrion realistically expected that he was going to have to fight for himself. But you can see that, you know, once he stopped being mad, he's like, well, no, no, I'm, i gotta, got to find somebody <laughs> to do this. Right, right. Hopefully, yeah. he sort of sort of half-heartedly assumes that Jamie will, and Jamie. We were wondering what device they would use to take Jamie out of the mix, and they just use the easiest device of all. He's like, I suck now. I don't have a hand. Yeah, and the, and the way the show, there's a couple, after listening to a couple podcasts, there's a couple interesting book differences. In the book, which would make the show better, in the book, he already knew who his champion was before he said, I'm going to have a trial by combat, which is totally un like interesting the show does it way better cause yeah like, he just the, the did build that, is so then, much better because at the last scene you're like oh like everybody's well, because crying it's, yeah because it's like touring through all his friends like who do you have left <laughs> it's like right next nobody so they finally do it. yeah I, I thought that this build and i was actually surprised they did it this way because we actually had predicted that they would do it in an even more dramatic fashion but they do just sort of a realistic build up to to oberon finally being like the last guy that comes to see him yeah but so jamie and him talk and he's like nope sorry what i love this is another one of those episodes where the narrative in the show they just say outright things that we have said in previous episodes because we were saying you know oh this is everything (laughs) time wants that's Tyrion saying yeah this is him getting his way completely and that's sort of the way i had to throw a monkey wrench in it yeah there was a lot of that in this episode where our explanations are like Tyrion basically says them it's really Tyrion does it the whole episode he's like yeah that's what he said Tyrion always agrees with us, like his yeah. perspective of these things. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he always comes to our defense and our rationale. And then they cut to the big, because uh, the, the, we haven't seen the new actor that plays the mountain. This is a yeah. huge guy. He's a, he's yeah, a good all a quick, pick. brief uh, awesome, image of him. He has an awesome introduction to him. Just like, yeah. And just it's another one slaying these guys. That just shows you how bad someone is. He's like bringing people out, making them line up so he can slaughter them. And the pretense yeah. he's just practicing. <laughs> yeah, I figured out how to say the dude's first name, his real life first name. It's Hothor. 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 Yeah, like, like Hop-thor. The, the joke is that it's like half of Thor. It was the joke that I uh, read about. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's sort of the way it's pronounced Hothor. There may be a little awesome. bit of a P in there, too, but I'm, I may not be pronouncing it perfectly right, but. But yeah, he's an all. He, he uh, uh, was like four hundred pounds, like uh, six foot six nine. Pounds. Yeah, six um, nine. He's uh, like a world uh, champion in like the the world strongman competitions, and he was sought after by the uh, Indianapolis Colts to play uh, offensive lineman. But you Oof. know, for whatever reason, didn't play. I did not read the reason why. I don't know if he turned it down or you know, yeah. He's not physically because they you know, wouldn't let him tear heads hard, like, off, speed or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He can't bring his, his sword or his axe, so no. So yeah, that yeah, NFL's a, NFL's not a manly enough sport. He's a big dude. <laughs> yeah, they didn't need big all the little angles big. they were using because it's like you don't. I know it almost made like it look Cersei. like he wasn't that big because they were shooting like low angles to make him look like. But actually, if you see like on Facebook, they just show a scene of her standing next to him and he does look like a monster. Yeah. If you just did the straight yeah, shot, it actually picture. told the story better. Well, yeah. And they show that when that's the, yeah that shot makes it kind of grounds you like jeez yeah they're not kidding that guy's huge I was like yeah. who, you, who am I fighting he's like doesn't matter no yeah <laughs> you no know? exactly that's a great answer doesn't matter no he's like, shakes his head it shows just not how much really. she hates him that everyone's like Jesus yes. come on I mean he's literally well, like a Joffrey. what you were saying last week too about if uh, if Tywin was the one to pick 
the opponent, it would be ridiculous. But they get by it by having Cersei pick them, which makes yeah, you know, sense. she's just going to do the worst thing possible. So Tywin gets to sit it out. Which just would have been awesome though if Jamie would have defended because then she'd have been like, "Fuck, <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> yeah." It would have been a good way for Jamie to die in the service of his brother. And he still might. We never know. Instead, he he did just kind of he did just kind of squirm out. He's like, "I'm no good at fighting, so I guess you'll just have to die." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> thanks. You know, and Tyrion has that great line. He's like, "You think this is a joke?" He's like, "It is a joke. It's just not that funny." Yeah. <laughs> exactly, that was a great line. I also love how he uh, referred to him as the Golden Child. He's like, "Yeah, you could do anything. You can fuck your sister." <laughs> Which is you know, true. Yeah, and like, that helped us look away. He's like, "Hey, whoa, 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 man! Yeah, I'm your only friend here. You better watch say it. things we can't that's take a, back." Yeah, that's like the third time he's told him to watch it this year. When he's exactly. talking about Cersei, he's like. Stop it. Because it's funny how you're not supposed to say that out loud. You're supposed to pretend you don't know. Yeah, but that's the great thing of Tyrion. <laughs> yeah. You know, he told, he says those things that no one is supposed to say. Yeah, especially now. Look, what am I going to do now? What do I care that you're my last friend? You're not going to help me either. Exactly. You already told me you're not going to help me, so yeah, what the hell? I'd say whatever I like. That's all I got left. That's just how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just, that's just how a Lannister rolls. And then we cut to uh, the long road to the Vale. Yeah. Arya and the Hound. They, this is a good scene because we were kind of wondering. Every scene in this episode is pretty good. I, well, I, don't I think know, except the for... character reveals for all of them are good in this scene. I mean, Because we're getting to the point where we have to know what is going on with folks. We're near the end of the season. There's no, we, we don't need to be treading water anymore. We need to know. Yeah, we're getting a lot of yeah. the character turns and stuff now to set up plot turns or whatever. Yeah, because there's still a possibility that the Hound and Arya could actually make it to the Vale. I, I predicted personally that I didn't think they would, but it could happen. Yeah. Which means... I almost a, feel like... We can get that scene later, but I almost feel like they're... I almost feel like he's on the chopping block just because he's sympathetic more now and he's open. I kind of have a feeling like, he's going to die of infection. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say when we it's got to that just part. A sad, yeah. pathetic sort of death because it's... But that, well, that's, that's what made him human this whole moment. That's how Drogo that, died, too. I mean, exactly, that's exactly how Drogo died. Yeah, and he was like a big guy. They love that. These big guys who are just too too badass. And like, yeah, yeah the but... Big, I mean, well, it goes back to like War of the Worlds. The big, bad, non-stoppable you know, force taken out by germs. Well, yeah. and just yeah, to show you, this is a thing. real sort of world in a lot of ways. It's like these yes. guys aren't badass. Like, they're untouchable. You know, yeah, Louis guy, Pasteur hasn't created penicillin yet. The guy rolls up and bites him, and it's horrible. You know how filthy a human bite is? You don't want to burn guys, that stuff like out either. They, they, don't, like a, they don't roll with the toothpaste. Even like right now, like if you were to bite somebody, it's like, it'd be like Komodo dragon. <laughs> like That's like maybe the only other kind of animal whose mouth is less filthy than the human mouth. So that's a terrible way to attack somebody. Yeah, we're just all bacteria. And he got his yeah. scene back. He got it because in season one, they sort of stole his scene because in the book, the hound tells Sansa what happened to him, how yeah. he got burnt, and they hadn't really worked with the character that much, I guess, or they just oh, wanted Littlefinger to be the exposition yeah. character. So for no reason, he's telling Sansa. Yeah. So they sort of repurposed that scene and gave it back to the hound because it's a much more, it's a much more heartfelt scene if he's the one who says it to somebody. Oh, it's well, yeah, I mean, intimate it's reveal. A, it's the first time he's ever opened up in a real kind of way because there's like. There's a minute of that whole speech where he is totally uncynical, and he is being like, he's like, yeah, 
I thought he I, I he thought I took one of his toys, but I was just playing with it. It's just weird to hear him say those yeah, words. Yeah, he's just being talking about toys and stuff. You're like, you played with toys? Yeah, yeah. you were a person. It's a, the whole. It's a humanizing scene. Oh, like it, it makes her sympathetic to him. You know, yeah, it's soft underbelly of the hound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where do you think hounds come from? <laughs> yeah, but before we got to that, I mean, we are jumping ahead a little bit because that part was the second half. The first half was right. him taking out the, uh, well, you know, the whole deal with uh, the, the wounded uh, guy. I'm not sure what he was actually, but the other part of this, a yeah. merchant or something, it's, he seemed like. But the whole purpose of this is to show how Arya is hardening. You know? Yes, exactly. But that little affectation where he wipes the blade off. On the guy after he kills him, she does the same thing when she. Which shows that, but it's guy. but it's it's such a great Game of Thrones scene because before that they have this totally like, weird, this existential debate about he's like, well maybe nothing is worse than this, and then they have yeah. this whole thing. She's like, nothing is better than nothing, you know. I was like, yeah. it's such a great writing moment for the show, this weird Beckett kind of moment. But like, well, that guy have, had some good lines. The dying yeah. guy, he, it was yes. sort of like like a character in a play where they just come it's like a McCormack McCarthy where they just come across this dying old man and he says all these awesome things yeah it's like why are and you carrying it, on what, that, yeah and it's what, weird because yeah, they, they, they find that in the road that they find this old guy and, and it's just like that where he's saying there is no God and we are his prophets right and it's weird too that the fact that it, it was cool because we've already seen them do that and take people out of their misery like 50 times and show other people and even them so you're just like yeah they're gonna kill him and then he's totally surprising that he's like no i just you know he has all these he has a very weird perspective and he drinks the water he's like i wish it was wine and i was like so do so i, I. <laughs> mm-hmm. well it also shows that the hound is capable of pity because yes because he's giving him he's not just being practical like i'm not gonna give him water he's dying anyway like like he feels a real pity for that guy and the fact that the guy is sort of brave about it I think helps him be sympathetic to him. He's like, take, he really taking it like a man. Yeah. Just sitting there not so dying out of habit. Yeah, I think if he was sitting there whining like a little baby, I think, uh, I think the hound just yeah. would have left him. When he's clinging to life, saying, help me, help me. When, like, but he takes him out, the way he takes him out, too. He doesn't, like, you know, he, he basically makes a decision that he's going to do it, and then when the guy basically is distracted, that's what he does it. He doesn't just like, like ask him like the whole cliche. You know, are you ready to go? Do you have any last words? He just like, <laughs> yeah. And then and somebody, he turns it into something practical. You know, that's where a man's heart is. That's how you and kill it's, a man. And somebody <laughs> mentioned, and I watched it, and you noticed that it's a weird turn for Arya too. Because I mean, she's used to death, and she's killed people now. But also, like, she doesn't flinch the moment he does it, even though it's surprising. If you see her, she's right in the background. And she doesn't even mm-hmm. like react. Yeah. At another all. <laughs> interesting thing about that 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 is more practical for the Hound is that she tells that guy her real name. Yeah. And the hound gets a look on his face. It's like, well, it really doesn't matter now. We're going to kill him before we walk away from here. Yeah. No matter what kind of guy he is. Oh, yeah, I love that, too, because that's what it's about. I, that's a great that's, that's a great scene, because that's a great moment, too, because she's like, this is the one chance she can kind of own her yeah, name. Yeah, she knows he's going to die. She and she can, no the first harm time she's it. told anybody that, you know, yeah. for how many years now, a couple of years? That's another sort of Which theme in this one episode is like the return of the Starks as far as that name keeps coming back. Right. With Brienne and Podrick when they're going around just saying, we're looking for Sansa Stark. Like all of a sudden, the name of the Starks is starting to gain momentum. 
yeah, the, the show's heading, it feels like, towards happy places. I mean, not ha- obviously not happy places, but it feels like it's the rise of the good guy. Hopefully they're not going to pull the rug out from under us at the end of the season. But... You're just like, oh, God, because like, so many, like, especially with, like, Ober and you have a character yeah. who seems decent. You're like, what, are, what horrible oh, yeah. thing will be unleashed stakes, on this world because he's in it? The stakes are, yeah, yeah. big now. Because if he actually is a legitimately decent guy, then... Just something was birthed somewhere else in the world to counter that. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a demon somewhere with his name on it just because he was a decent person. So we'll just have to see on that. But but exciting stuff there. Then we get back to Castle Black. This Castle Black is annoying because this is the only scene we that know was what's like, whatever. always going to happen there. It's like, well, the guy who runs Castle Black is a shithead and... and John isn't so. Yeah, this is the only scene that would be. It was totally just filling in. Hey guys, remember they're coming and they don't like him there. So yeah, just to tell you guys, let you guys know, there's still a bigger part of this season than than Tyrion's trial. It's not just all about Tyrion, you know. Yeah, we got stuff going on too. This is one of the whole lot nothing going on up here. Scenes that made it like not a perfect episode almost, just because. Yeah, you kind of need to do something. I mean, that's going to be the big thing. Surely they will, but something has to happen as far as the power shift there because i guess they're just going to be in a holding pattern until the widelings wipe everything went out yeah it won't be next episode it'll be the next episode it'll be the ninth episode you know they're big whatever that's they're gonna fight finally jesus (laughs) i know because i'm not even that interested in the wildlings i just want to see you just kind of want to see what happens as a result like who wins i don't really care about even getting into the fight i just want to and like with um god what's her name the girl Oh yeah, oh, yeah see right, how yeah. that because you know she's got to come back. Still that too, little like... kid with him. Yeah, I won't oh, be yeah. surprised. He's still if there it... at Castle Black, so he'll totally just say she killed all my parents and that guy ate them. Yeah, I kind of fear that maybe it's going to end up mellowing out. Like maybe they'll end up defeating the people who crossed the wall or something, and then they'll just like throw their bodies off over the the wall. So when the other army approaches, I'll see all their dead bodies over there, and be like, hey, let's turn yeah, back, like, guys. We're never going to see yeah. Mance right here again. <laughs> I want to well, see some giants. Like he mentioned, are we going to see giants? Yeah, see like, giants that's what he was saying. People. Giants will tear that gate down. I saw it. That would be awesome if that's we get to see that. Yeah. Well, you kind of we kind of have to now. You, you just promised it. We weren't even. I wasn't even thinking about the giants, and oh. you brought it up. <laughs> so you kind of have to do it now. I'd forgotten all about the giants as just being one other weird thing. It's kind of maybe on. playing out the fact that maybe what will happen is they'll start finding them, not be able to beat them. Then Stannis shows up with a big ass paid for army. And they beat yeah. or something. I that do, I nice. do kind of Stannis hasn't like stated that. what he's planning to do. Weren't they, they going to the wall, up. though? They said they have to. They and said then now they they're were leaving going to too. the wall. Yeah. But, you know, they, they haven't said this year. I mean, basically, at the end of that's last what I mean. year, they said that was all before the Joffrey thing. Yeah, now but she said she saw them fighting there. in the snow or whatever. They saw. So. He said, it's like, now's our opportunity to strike and we don't have an army. That makes it sound like if you get an army, you're going to King's Landing, not the wall. Well, but there's well, no wonder, yeah. See, well, see, we'll get to it, or we're almost on it. But the Melisandre thing thing is going to come up because, yeah, she may tell him they have to go to the wall, but she's also going to tell him that he has to sacrifice his daughter at some point. Yeah, that's going to happen so, too. Yeah. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> like this, is, it's it's coming to a head because she's already said, "Well, we're going to bring him. We're going to bring him." Which is going to turn the Onion Knight against him. Well, yeah, if Stannis doesn't step up. Like, that's Stannis' turning point there. It's like, just how crazy are you? Because that's the one line he hasn't he hasn't crossed yet. It's one, we'll it's one thing to kill your in-laws. 
All right. So then we so we get Danny. <laughs> We're like bustling through this episode to get to oh, the Tyrion end. Tyrion yeah. and Braun. Yeah. Oh, Tyrion and Braun, yeah. Because like Tyrion I said, this, this whole is just sort of like <laughs> this farcical adventure of doors opening and closing. It's like people coming to see Tyrion to tell him they're not going to help him. That's that's the buildup of Tyrion's arc in this episode. Is, this whole episode does feel like a play, doesn't it? Because all these could be staged as a play. Yeah, like, and that's why it works. Because it's such yeah. a wonderful character piece. Because these are the scenes you expected to see. And it's not disappointing because you expected them. This is this is the payoff. Because like, you knew with Bronn... You knew he wasn't going to fight for Tyrion for obvious reasons, but they write a scene that really just makes it make perfect sense. Because you're like, because even Tyrion's like, I don't, I'm not going to hold any grudges. But the second he walks through the door with those clothes on, even you know, because you're, like, yep. you're like, those yep. are not Bronn's clothes, and Tyrion says it too. To wear clothes. You have new clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. And we both know what that means. But let's talk about he's it. Refused anyway. other clothes before. He refused wearing the cloaks and stuff. Yeah. So, so you know you that know he's not dressed then. to fight anymore. Like that's the exactly. retirement outfit that he's wearing. And but it, and they had they had that agreement too because he even says that he said, "Well, you told me if I was ever going to sell you out, you double the price." And he's like, "So two two women and two, two castles." castles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little short on castles at the moment. Yeah, that's the best. But really, the, what the scene is about is is more like. He f- he feels like he owes him that explanation. He knows that Tyrion's not going to be able. It's a matter of honor to give him that offer. Like I told you, I'd give you the chance to double it. But it's really just you deserve to know why I'm not going to fight for you. And it really comes down to an almost not a moral argument, but a justifiable argument on Bronn's point, where he finally just says, yeah. "Don't play the friend card. You never risked your life for me. You wouldn't fight the mountain yeah. to save me." Like, yeah, would you? that's a great point. And he's I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah that's fair enough. <laughs> I never, never thought of the door swinging in both directions. Well, he's, the, the last thing he says to him, which I thought was nice, was uh, what Tyrion says to him was, uh, you know, you, you know you're, you're a rotten, you know, soulless person, which is the reason why I liked you. <laughs> you know, you yeah, know, this sort of wonderful fitting. honor among thieves moment. It's like the, yes. the beautiful honesty of these guys, because that's... Like we said, Tyrion does have a, a sense of morality more than a lot of people like Bronn, but one thing he likes about guys like Bronn is that he has an overwhelming sense of honesty. And yeah, he's consistent. He, has a, he doesn't know. like hypocrisy, and Bronn is not a hypocrite. He's like, I'm doing everything I always said I would. Yeah. And he respects that. And I think that the scene's interesting, like you double it onto the first scene, because it's like, the obviously the rest of his family doesn't care, but the first scene with him and Jamie, you're like, well... His family can't help him. And in this scene, you kind of forget that, yeah, he... I mean, you kind of just assume he still has money or something. He's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't even have any money anymore or anything. Yeah, you can't assume Yeah, he may have something tucked but away, but like not to wield, endless yeah, wealth. Yeah. Not enough to give a guy a castle. So you're like, yeah, he's that's a second option. He can't buy anybody. So you're like, oh. <laughs> and meanwhile, imagine how much Cersei hates Tyrion because she's already been told that they have no actual wealth. She's already been told that the Iron Bank is going to come collect and kill them all. And she is still just no, like, spare no expense yeah, they're just, to well, kill she Tyrion. She I mean, she's just... Well, she's, you know, on a mission. Well, I'm just saying, like, the thing of that context shows you just how much she wants Tyrion to die. Yeah. Well, this whole episode, well, it really comes how out disconnected the, uh... she is. She said fa- she was preaching family loyalty. So yeah, we'll to get her to that. Father, we'll save that scene to the end. But this whole episode's about Cersei in a way too. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, it's about her origin story in a way too. So all their origin stories. What's going to make this awesome though is because this means this is like this is her big move. If this the bottom falls out of it, this is this will be this is like Tyrion versus Cersei more so than versus Tywin. Although it's that too. Yeah. Right. But if he comes out on top of this, then that shifts the entire power structure for all of them. Because like we said, if if he were to win, then he's freed. He's exonerated. Yeah. They can't screw with him at all. So they, well, they legally, kind of legally yeah. they can't. But yeah, they, they they will. I'm sure of that. Yeah, but I mean that Tywin is not going to put up with any more crap from Cersei. Like she can't just hire bounty hunters to go after. Maybe Tyrion that's when it's like at some point she could. I think. Yes. Yeah, well, and and my maybe she would, but I'm just saying she doesn't have this kind of support that she has right now. Oh well, yeah, yeah. And really, if he had any sense, he would be cutting her off from the family wealth because they don't have any. It's all in petty cash, Sean. <laughs> well, <laughs> to be honest, what she's promising out, I mean, I don't know how much the mountain is going to get paid or maybe he just likes to kill people, but promising out like a castle that belongs to someone else. I mean, she just made a, a deal with Bronn that <laughs> she paid him off in someone else's money for all well, of he, that. Well, he's kind of obliged to do it. He's a knight, right? Or he got... Ned took that away from him, I guess, but they probably gave it back to him. So, I mean, he he's kind of bound by honor, I guess, right, to fight for them. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think when it comes to people, like, there's a short term and a long term. Like, like her promising um, Bronn, you know, anything, I think is really just a short term thing as far as Cersei's concerned. Because yeah, she, she can really take that away. That. She, she, yeah. take well, it away, she just, doesn't have to. All she promised him was to marry someone. What does she care? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, so all the actually, rest of it yeah. he's going to secure for himself. He's got to murder the the actual heir just so they can, like. Yeah, but even then, like though, a trail she of ha- bodies that ends to him getting that castle. He just has to be convinced up until the point where Tyrion's dead, and then after that, then, and you know, we know her honor. She she don't care. She'll be like, yeah, I didn't promise you shit. Yeah, and and Tywin's no different. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I didn't promise you nothing. Yeah, be gone now. Yeah, don't, don't be in the castle any longer. You're lucky to walk out with your life. And she could turn on him like in a heartbeat. So. So now Danny. <laughs> yeah, now we're Danny and Dario. Danny yeah. and Dario. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Like, do what you do best. Bunch now drop your drawers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we get some good man butt zips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Followed by yeah, four or five minutes good. of complete female nudity. That does it for you at all. <laughs> They're like, a debt has we, to be paid. <laughs> we, we don't see any of that swang, but, but we do get to see some good man, man butt. The interesting man thing ass. wasn't about that scene, because you knew that man stuff was ass. coming. <laughs> It was. Did they cut to the next, or are we cutting ahead? It, there's there's a scene with Jorah, but it's later on. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it because this connected. scene is actually. They're... I actually found myself more because uh, at first I was like, "Come on, Danny, don't be up." But th- this is sort of queenly. She's like, "Well, show me that action." Yeah, she then, kind of empowered herself out. a little more. Like, yeah, I like. This. So she's not falling for me, or she is. She's covering it well, where she's just like, "Yeah, give me a little something, and now I'll send you across the world," because she's. That's what she ends up saying to Jorah later. It's like, I'm not trusting him. Right. I'm sending him and off. And that last scene, the scene with Jorah kind of proves it, too, and makes it kind of like, yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. I can do what I want to do. That's what they said that all, you know, the uh, behind the scenes thing. They're like, it's her prerogative. You know, she's like, I, I can do this. I want this. Yeah. It's not a big deal. 
So I, you ho- that made it seem a little better than just a little like. Well, yeah, I mean, she smiles. wasn't submissive. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like she was like. So the ah! only thing I'm trusting and is just, that man yeah, thing. Exactly. She 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 was very, very you know, non-submissive. I mean, yeah, she was she was in control. See, I mean, because that's our yeah, biggest so problem that, is that, so that actually it's not that she's better. exercising some kind of sexual desires. That she's just like, oh, I like him, you know, falling in love for. Well, him. see, that's the way it's been. Yeah. Where you know he's bringing her flowers and stuff. It's like I'm the damn queen. All right, stop trying to woo me like I'm just some. But chick that's what man. she did this episode. That's why it's great. She's like, no, you know, don't do this again. No, come here. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, take your <laughs> pants off. So, but then that George scene was great too, though, because she totally. I mean, he was like hurt and devastated, but then she kind of approved to him, you know, showed her like, like, oh, you mean more than me as an advisor and stuff. But yeah. she seemed satisfied at the end of that, too. She's like, well, I did pretty good there. I got yeah. laid and I. Yeah, <laughs> well, they had better. a pretty good interaction there. But Bef- before that happens, is, is uh, Melisandre has her scene with Stannis' wife. But we really just talk about that, unless you just want to talk about Melisandre's extended bath time. <laughs> <laughs> but this is another episode. This is a scene. I think the nudity. Yeah, of this, this is the is one. Totally a a nude alert for. Nude alert. Cover your eyes, gross. Naked ladies ahead. Boobs and lady parts and sex things. I, I yeah, don't have a problem with it. But I just Brooks. This would be a time where. Uh, yeah, this is total nude. But it, this is you one of the put on prime your bikini e- glasses, Brooks. This is one of the prime examples in that debate because the whole part. episode. The whole scene is from, you know, the wife's point of view, and it's about her feeling inferior to her. Well, and I yeah. think it Such really works, because she's just flaunting how flawless she is. And that's what's funny. In the, the scene, she looks in the mirror. She's looking at herself. Yeah. Right. But the fire is over there, so Melisandre's like, oh, you see the fire, talking about my visions and stuff. It's like, well, that's not really what she was looking at. Yeah. She's right. just feeling bad about herself, looking at you while you're shaking it out in front of her. And that's why, yeah, anytime because... Yeah, the show is like, anytime you watch a movie or it's like the nudity is like, oh, it's all kind of gratuitous. The point is that the camera's kind of lingering on stuff. But anytime it did that, it was from her point of view. Like, she's the yeah. one that's lingering on her. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of. And then you get the cool stuff about she's like, yeah, these look at all these tricks that I do. <laughs> she just showed them all these. Yeah, like, yeah just she just, right before she's about to do everything, that, that's smooth. Where she's like, all of this is bullshit. Yeah. But it's bullshit to bring you to the fact that it's all real. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I blow minds for a living. Yeah, it's like he, the god can't be, the red god can't be, like, troubled all the time. We need to get him halfway there. Yeah, we don't need to, him to make the fire billow out more smoke. Come on. He's got things to do. He's off <laughs> Which bringing is people though. back from the dead and stuff. Because she's, exactly. we, it's so an So they interesting, can live in caves and kidnap people. Because we know she's not totally, I mean, she's devout in this sense, but she's also, like, just a snake oil salesman, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's... But it is real what's at the end of it, so it's a kind of interesting dynamic. It's Yeah. Exactly. She keeps her bath oil next to you. Pure poison. So you, like, you, <laughs> you don't even want to bottles, touch that you know. <laughs> yeah, that you one's don't... pretty damn funny. Go, go, go <laughs> grab one of those off the shelf. Oh, no, not that one. You don't want to touch that not one. That's so bad. Geez. Grab the other one. That's some bath oil. That'll <laughs> uh, straight take the hair off your dick. <laughs> yeah. That one there will make a man do anything that you... Uh... That they want him to do. Like, oh, is that what you used on my husband? No. Nope. <laughs> I just use these. You could have told her yes. Nope. And it's like kind of it's fun because it's like whether she's trying to, you know, I don't even think she cares about her. She's just being totally honest. But I and think she's she just manipulating care. her. She's trying to make her feel inferior because she right. keeps bringing that stuff up. And that's and you could tell that that his wife is really not into it because she's like, I'm really glad he found you and he was able to. Like, you're saying that. 
Well, she had to that's do like not, this little mantra to That's not say what your that, tone yeah. is saying. Yeah. Not what your body language is saying. I hear the words, but I'm not believing what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they're going to try to sacrifice the daughter. That's what you get from that scene. That's, that's, what, that's what I've been thinking all, all year. The blood <laughs> but, of yeah. kings. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that, like, that is by itself. All right, Dalvis, you want to let that kid go? We're going to sacrifice <laughs> your, your reading tutor. Yeah, they're saying royal blood. They didn't necessarily say if it was a male or female blood. Yeah, they so. didn't. And we might yeah. as well, we could kill the wife, too, probably. At that point, it doesn't even matter. Well, he, yeah, well, he, I think it's, yeah, just the line of descendancy. Yeah, if the Baratheon blood means anything, which is what they're suggesting, since Gendry was just Robert's bastard, but Stannis could sire a shadow baby, too, so it's got to be the Baratheon. When they say king's blood, they're talking about the Baratheon line in particular. The king's blood. So that was an interesting but, scene, too. Yeah, and then you get back to Marine, and then Danny and Jorah. Because Jorah, yeah, that's a good he one. has these awesome me- scenes now, and you see that she is actually getting some decent advice from these guys. They're like, you know, right. if you yeah. want these people to follow you, you can't just keep showing them brutality. And if, if it's a great p- Ned Stark had had that totalitarian view about me, I wouldn't be here to help you. Yeah, that's the yeah. See, each one of these scenes, they're like classic Game of Thrones scenes, man. They're like these yeah. cool conversations, and they like just with bronze point and this point, and then they end on a point. And you're like, yeah, you totally sold me. That's right. You, you totally you totally buy that she changed her mind. It's not just oh, I changed my mind because that's how the scene has to go. It's it's a great and it's a great point that's profound and catches you by surprise too. You're like, yeah, that's true. Thank you. Well, <laughs> well, you see that these characters are malleable. They're not just following a, a program. Like they're yeah. just like real people. They, their minds can be changed. Yeah, the wise ones at least. And it's interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting to see how that happens because they are good arguments. I mean, more you can see why Mormont, you know, Mormont and, and Davos are like the same character because it's like like we're the the criminals who serve the crown, so we know how the world really works. Well, they're the anti yeah, yeah. they're the anti Tywin and Red Lady kind of basically. Too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the- yeah, we're as real as it gets. Those guys are scary as shit. I don't know what to tell you about all that kind of stuff because Davos is like, that stuff is way out of my league. When you start burning people and dick leeches and all that, I really don't know. So she sent that guy to go rule that city then? Well, to go basically take over. I mean, to assassinate all the masters. And now it's like a more complicated yeah, thing. And then you see where he's going to send the, that ambassador over there to to sort of be the one to tell him, like, this is what they did. So, So they're serious. They'll do this. So he's gonna be a big character too. So probably yeah, he'll forward. be an interesting character because he's like helping her because she murdered his dad. Like, right, that's an interesting thing. But he's another advisor that could be helping her to see, you know, passion, uh, compassion. That's what he did in that one scene. So. Well, yeah, he, she needs that. He somebody that shows her another point of view because that's all ruling is. Like that's all you see on Game of Thrones. Whenever someone gets a throne, they're just sitting on it, and there's like a million people they have to talk to. It's like, wow, ruling looks like it's terrible. That looks like that would suck. No wonder they just blow it off and go get drunk. Like, you you sit on that chair. You tell them. Who cares? I don't know why I have to literally make every decision. Like, I'm like the only judge in justice in, in the entire country. That's ridiculous. It's a terrible Yeah, it's system. kind of incredible, the power, the access to power. Like, we don't get to go, like, stand before the president or something. You know, I get two minutes. Right? Yeah, until <laughs> someone walk. killed your goats. My, yeah, my goat died, and I kind of want some money. 
<laughs> I mean, it seems like it's a, it's a, you know, it's a monarchy. It's this whole kind of thing, but it's like they get a lot of access that we don't have. <laughs> yeah, in some ways, their dictatorship is more democratic. Not in the sense where all of the wealth stays with with. Well, actually, no. It's exactly no, like that's true. Stuff. It's exactly the same. <laughs> but they can throw you a few bones. Like here's two thousand dollars. Like awesome. Yeah. Buy some new goats. Yeah. And get Buy out three of times the goats. Yeah. And actually, this the Arian the hound scene we were just talking about actually happens now in the scene. Like, it's two separate yeah. scenes, but we already talked about it. That's a yeah, and again, that's just a well shot. This episode, whole, the whole thing is really well shot, but that's so well shot too. That's a cool little area where they really scouted that. This weird little uh, kind of depression in the ground where they're. It's just a. Is that in Ireland? I guess. Is that one of the countries they shoot in? Yeah, they shoot. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're shooting. They shoot in Ireland, Iceland, and like Morocco or somewhere, Malta. Hmm. Yeah. Well, in like in Italy or Tuscany or somewhere is where they shoot the King's Landing stuff, isn't it? I think it's Malta. Is it yeah. Malta? But, so yeah, that's a great scene. And I, I kind of, like I said, I kind of feel that anytime you have a character like, oh, I like the hound, like he's going to die <laughs> next step. Well, I feel like this bite is a very, is a sort of profound thing because if he dies, he has a, this, like a ransom like the, on his head too. I mean, that'd be a very intimate sort of moment for them where he's the only thing protecting her and she's going to be like, now that she's bonded with him, he's going to die and she's just going to be out in the wild. And that's pretty own. powerful. And then she's going to go other places. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think one way or the other, that scene, you know, they've laid down that something that they're definitely doing something. I mean, because you know, either he's going to get the hell out of Dodge because, like you said, all, all the Lannister people are going to be looking for him now, or you know, he'll die. And like you said, then she'll go somewhere. But I mean, they, they, they've got to go somewhere at this point. They can't just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. Again, I mean, it, this, this feels like we finally are reaching that turning point. Now it feels like something's happening. Yeah, something has oh, to yeah, happen yeah. next episode that, like, the proof. Yeah, we've already had the emotional turn with him. Like, he's done. Exactly. Like, whether he's going to get separated and get captured, or I feel like he's going to die. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, Bran is now on her way up that way, too. I mean, that's the next scene is uh, Bran and Podrick. And, Before we uh, get to that, I want to say real quick that yeah. that's, and this is another scene that ends with a wonderful line. He says, And you think you're alone. You're like, Oh my God, you yes. get goosebumps. And you're like, Ah. Oh. Good Lord, guys. They're hitting it out of the park. Each one of these scenes, it's because they're all coming to a point. And that's why this is just like a play, because it's all about the written word on this episode. Like, what yeah. is the point of a scene? And it's like, yep, okay, that was it. And it's these well-crafted interactions. Because yeah. like you said, all these scenes are about, like, taking people and saying, what you think, you know, there's a whole other perspective that you haven't considered. And here's what it is. Yeah. It's like, every scene is like that. Like, that's why, that's why they leave you that feeling that way like oh wow like it feels like a turnaround yeah the whole episode is about like siblings you know that's like kind of the theme of it but it's about the perspectives of what they think you know it's like the two different worlds of those kind of scenarios i think yeah now we can go to yeah we're yeah we've skipped some of those brian and the first project where they're in the inn and he's like i think we can spoil ourselves tonight feather bed oh, that, that is actually the <laughs> it all happens here yeah this is one end. scene that's okay. not actually split up in the episode it all oh, okay, happens in yeah. this one sequence where they run into hot pie and he's talking about kidney pie and all this stuff. <laughs> and Brienne's so nice because she doesn't even tell him to shut up. They're both just like, uh, they're exactly. both two nice people. Oh, like, God. Oh. <laughs> and he's still, but then that pays off because... It, Are they from Winter Hell? <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah. 
and then she ends up being right in that argument where actually he was right in, in principle. <laughs> they shouldn't go around telling everybody. But there, there is an yeah. argument to be made. It's like, but how are we supposed to find someone that we can't tell anyone we're looking for? Yeah, that was just yeah. stupid how she did that at the end of the episode. I was like, yeah, he's still right, but you got lucky this yeah, time. Yeah, you did get lucky. Just... <laughs> and it's cool that now they know that Arya. So, yeah, they could be looking for Arya, and they might run into him. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, their oath maybe, is yeah, to both of those daughters. They just thought the one was dead. So exactly. it did expand yeah. the scope of what they're out to do now because because actually Jamie well, no, did say take this sword and fulfill my oath and the oath was for both of them, right? Yes, but everyone presumed that she was dead. I mean, that's actually what she said. I felt I'm mistaken. Yeah, she did. Yeah, but um, you know, I think it does kind of. I mean, because now basically they, you know, after, as they're walking away, you know, Podrick is talking about like you know who is related to who and all that stuff in the in the houses, and it, you know he brings up you know the veil. And look, and then they have that crossroads moment where they're deciding which way they're going to go. And they, they go don't east. tell us which way they're yeah, going. Yeah, exactly. Well, they go east instead of north. You kind of think they're going east, like towards the Vale, instead of. Okay, so if they are going to the Vale, then I, I do think that the bite would more than likely come into play because that's going to have to. They, they got a huge head start, so something's got to slow them down. That bite could be the thing that slows them down. What if Brienne kills the Hound? That could happen. That, that's a possibility as far as putting him out of his misery. Yeah, that, come upon that would be the reason at that him. point. Yeah. Because I don't think yeah, she'd I mean, kill the hound to free Arya, because at this point, Arya isn't a proper hostage, you know. Oh, yeah. That would be a great role model for her, though, Brienne. Like, that's oh, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's her next step. Let's add some compassion to that killing. <laughs> it's like the, like Danny's advisors. Okay, that's great. You're effective now. Let's calm well, and it would be bit. interesting to see Arya with a sort of series of teachers. Like the Hound has shown her ruthlessness, you know. So yes. if he were to die, and then like someone like Brienne were to take over, like that's a different kind of mentor that she needs. And then we're gonna get Jock and Hagar, who's gonna teach her how to be a professional. Yeah, and then we're they're gonna end up going <laughs> to the to the Bravos, and that's when everything turns around. She learns finance. Yeah, she learned. Well, look, if you want to take over, let's do it. Even even in a world where there's dragons, the most powerful force in the universe is a bank. I still love the fact that, I mean, we talked about this before, and this has been the reveal of the season, but it's so like the Lannisters have been this gold standard, and the fact that they're just broke. Yeah, awesome. it's so telling. She's like, oh, well. <laughs> it's such a cool reveal because you realize how where the power is. It also is. shows you how faulty your perceptions can be. Because they just bank off. It's all a big bluff. They just bank off of this uh, reputation they have for being rich. And like I said, it's 100% false. Because even, even the little credo, like, we always pay our debts. It's like, no, you don't. You're like a billion dollars the most dangerous people on earth, and you haven't paid it. It's like, right. if ever there was a debt to pay, it's that one. Yeah. That might be the theme of the season we keep talking about. You know, like, we talked about... How it's about ruling and stuff, but it might be like what you said about this episode. That's about perception. It's like, yeah, that you thought that's how it's going to be, but even Danny's stuff is like that's not how it's going to work out. Like everything has been like kind of skewing our perceptions a little bit more. Like the first season about what we think, you know, the situation actually is for some of these people. That's what I like about, and we're getting and we're too with the the scene with Oberyn. That's what makes Oberyn such a breath of fresh air. It's like he's like Tyrion in well, that this, he just has this contempt for hypocrisy and dishonesty, and 
Yeah. And he sort of cuts right through all that. In fact, like at the end of the scene, he actually pulls up the torch and holds it for It's like very formal, but it, it's like, like casting a light. It's like, I want to make sure there's no misunderstanding. Like You're I'm right. swearing an oath to you here. This, this yeah. scene, I watched this episode three times. I watched this scene like six times. This might be my favorite scene in all of Game yeah. of Thrones. Like literally. Like yeah, I am fascinated the, by this scene. I agree. I, mean, I just the emotion that's in the scene. I mean, you, I mean, Peter Dinklage is acting here. Yeah, people phenomenal. thought he did great last week. This well, is what he should win the best, Emmy for. Oh, the best thing ever is he's telling him this story about yeah, seeing him as a baby. Story. And really, it, it's a whole big scene yes. anyway because the purpose of him telling the story is I've seen through Cersei's bullshit my whole life. Like right, he's yeah. revealing. He says Perception exactly thing. what we yeah. said. Boburn is the new one. And he's like. You know, she's telling me all this stuff, but it was obvious what she really wanted. And she was even telling me some stuff that was yeah. true. And Tyrion's like, well, that's her specialty. Well, isn't, well, isn't it re- interesting how the story he tells is literally what's going on right it's now? It's everything. It's like, yeah. she blamed me for something yeah. that wasn't my fault, and now she wants me dead. And Jamie told her to stop and calm down, and then I said, I'm just saying the truth. Like that's, And this scene had two great lines. That's why they climax it. It's like, okay, we finished with one great line. This scene... When he says like that's just a baby, that scene like is like a well, especially dirt. with Peter Dinklage, yes, like absolutely. you could tell because because he just that, starts that crying. Line is just and it's the saddest scene so ever powerful. because it's like this is the first time that anyone has just legitimately told him he was human. Honestly, well, yeah, and the, and the what's what's so kind of just kind of what's just so kind of heartbreaking about the scene is that his wit is all he is literally broken at this point. Because yes. he can't even see what he's doing. Even to the point before he even says, I'll be your champion, he has no idea what he's talking about. Like oh, no, he is, I, and that's yeah, he never once questions, he is, why he, are he's you the here? Always, like, he just, yeah, he always sees five moves ahead, and he is every line that he gives him, he's like, well, you've come to the wrong place. Or Cersei always gets away. He, he has given up at this point. Yeah. It's so powerful because of that, because we've never seen him like that. He's not looking to defend himself anymore. Him. He thinks it's over. And he thinks he's going to... Right. And then this is what I like about Tyrion. He thinks that he's going to have to pick up an axe and go fight the mountain. He's like... That, yeah. He thinks he's, he's going like, to get squashed. I'm just swing and do what I can, but I mean, I'm a realist. Yeah. Well, Bronn was his last hope, and Bronn shot him down. So for, even during the, the conversation with Bronn, he basically, you know, at that point, he comes to terms that he's going to be the one that has to fight. You know, he's you know joking about, you know, maybe they'll sing songs about me. You know, yeah. Little exactly. man who takes down the giant. Right. And Oberyn is yeah, so yeah. the guy that Pedro Pascal. Well, he guy makes is it. Awesome. I mean, Man, I just yes. every week and I'm more in love with he's his so character. He's so great because he's so compassionate. He's so consistent about who he is as like a character and as a person. And he and he's not even he's unapologetic. He doesn't even he's like no this is that she she thought she was fooling me in this. But then he tells that story, and he's totally honest with. Well, them. that's what makes it you so know, much more powerful. Like. That's what makes bringing him in as a judge on this trial the worst thing they could have done. This is Tywin's just being overconfident and overreaching because yeah. you really think that you're going to bring this guy who hates the Lannisters in and you're just going to watch us shit kick our own runt of the litter in we front think of that's gonna everybody. Prove to them yeah. and, and then we're going to bring in the mountain who you hate. Well, he didn't. Well, Tywin didn't expect that. That's Cersei's doing. Well, that's where Tywin it, well, probably yeah. wouldn't have done that. Well, I'd like to hear Tywin's reaction to that because we didn't. Yeah, that is one thing that was lacking in this episode. I would have loved to have seen a five minutes sit down where you know Tywin just or yeah Ty, Tywin just goes off like you know 
what the hell? Because yeah, all of his plans are coming apart in front of us. He's here. a little overconfident I mean, though, and he still probably doesn't even see it because he doesn't imagine that Oberyn. So that's what I wonder. That's what makes Tyrion's speech so much more powerful, having happened in front of Oberyn, because he's saying, "I've been on trial for being a dwarf my whole life," and then we find out in this speech that Oberyn says back to him, "It's like that he totally gets that." That is yes. like this is this is yeah. that all over again since he, since they were yeah it babies. felt like like the last scene was trying to the last week I loved last week and I kind of left when you guys are talking about it on the podcast but that scene was great and I loved it and everybody freaked out and you know Dinklage did awesome but it didn't resonate it was like okay it's cool and he's and then he says he's been on trial his whole life and that was a powerful moment but it was just but this thing blew me away I really can't like stop thinking about this scene I was like this should this is gonna go down like, who knows how the series will go. Because it was just two characters, and this is the first time Tyrion's ever been completely honest. He's like he is just totally naked in this scene, which is yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, and, it, and we knew where it was going. We knew when he walked in there what was going to happen. I was like, "Yep, here we go." Yeah. Like, and it's still like you said he he does it so formally and like announcing is like, and he does it all, even before that. It's badass. He's like. He's like, but what? What the, the scene turns, you know, because he does that whole story, and he said that's just a baby, and then she said, I, I should, he's gonna die. Will she die already? And then he says, that's what she's always wanted, you know, and he's just totally yeah. given up. He's like, but what about what I want? Exactly. He turns it <laughs> yeah. right around immediately, it, and, and then we realize I'm here started. for a purpose. I'm not just here to make you feel better, but I think this is going to. And and the badass part is not when he says, I will be your champion. That's awesome. That's badass. But when he stands up, he says, first, I'll start with Gregor Kaliga. And I was like, yes! <laughs> You're like yeah, cheering. The, the whole scene comes from being... He's sort of like the... <laughs> like when the Punisher went to jail because that's where the criminals were. Like Rorschach and Watchmen. Right. It's like, finally. <laughs> well, the scene... The scene, it's like, that's why it's a great scene, because it starts, it's all kind of comedic, and he's kind of over, and he's charming, and, you know, he's, and Tyrion's kind of responding to him, and then it gets more heartbreaking than I, in any, any scene ever from Game of Thrones, and then it gets the most badass, you're like, and they're like, you're standing up, like, yes, this is awesome, and then, yeah. and Tyrion just can't even, like, respond with a one-liner now, because he's just like, well, oh. he's just crying <laughs> in gratitude, like, he's oh, yeah. like, he can't believe it, because here's the thing, because he said it himself, but the, if you watch, Game of Thrones has these moments that you're like, like this, there is a morality play because he says it because he's just trying to piss them off, and he just that's the only card he has to play to actually take any control. But he says, "I'll let the gods decide," because that's what trial by combat is. So like, we'll just let the gods decide, and that's sort of what this right. is. It's like, well, it seems like someone has answered. Yeah. Like when he said that, he said that with no anticipation that the gods, like there would be any kind of deus ex machina that would come in and save him he's like i got a few cards to play in and that's it yeah and that's where we find him here at the like you said just sort of whatever broken down there's i played all everything i had i got nothing left and that's where and then you also see through the plot of these stories where what's being rewarded and what's being punished too because Cersei's just insolence and just saying we're going to be the most powerful people. We're going to pay these people off. Her just this doing the same thing. She has been punished now. And Tywin the same thing. He set up this whole situation. But Oberyn being well, totally he was on- more interested in taking advantage of it for some other right, agenda right, than he was in actually trying to figure out. Because that's another thing. Like nobody's saying out loud, but like no one is caring that we were actually trying to figure out who killed Yeah, Joffrey. everybody forgot yeah. about that. But what's cool about that is that those two, it's the, it's the juxtaposition of those two being just doing what they always do 
and what what is the result of that? And Oberyn and Tyrion, to- Oberyn being totally honest and saying, "This is what I want to do. I came here to kill Lannisters," <laughs> and he's he is he is totally pure in his purpose of what he wants to do. And then Tyrion, given the choice to live and do, given the choice, you know, to be a knave and all this stuff and, go and kind of retreat to the wall, he goes, "No, you know what? If I'm going to die, I'm not going to die for this. I'm going to die pissing him off." That's what I'm going to yeah. die doing, and he totally and he never gives in, and he's they're being both being rewarded for that kind of persistence, and we'll yes. see what happens. But now I'm. It also we see in the first episode when when Oberyn shows up, you you get more of a sense of him feeling Tyrion out in light of this story that he's just told. Because the first thing he does, he tells is, him the story. It's then. exposition for us, but it's a weird thing for him to say that to Tyrion, and yeah. we can see he's feeling him out. He tells him, he's like, I'm here to kick some Lannister ass. What do you think about that? He's like, that's fine. Whatever. I just want to get uh, you okay. to... Uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to receive you. That's all I care about right now. Yeah. So now, now I'm so worried because now we're like, this is like the clincher. Now we're totally in love with Oberyn. We, we believe in things again. And now like, we're totally oh in love it's with like, Oberyn. Ever since the death of Ned just, Stark, we were like, you know, whatever happens, happens. What if he gets cut in half and I'm going to be devastated? <laughs> That's going to be so, yeah, so devastating. It'll be so sad. I'll cry if Oberyn dies. Oh, man, I will because he's awesome. He's like on two levels because Oberyn goes and Tyrion goes. <laughs> yeah, well, Tyrion, if that <laughs> well, happens. Well, you would imagine if Oberyn dies, someone will just Jamie try will, to sneak yeah, Tyrion Jamie out or something. Yeah, Jamie will rescue Tyrion if that happens. But. But I don't want Oberyn to die either. In a way, it, I, it'd be m- much more fun because not only do you want to see the mountain die, but you want Oberyn to win because he's a badass. And you want that, that sense of accomplishment, like everything was against them and they won publicly. God, and I there's hope nothing you can do about it now. When you have a trial by combat and you win, that's it. You're innocent. Yeah. You're acquitted. But then he'll be kicked out, so then it'll be cool to see where Tyrion goes because he can't live there anymore. Well, he won't stay there. Right. Yeah, whether or not he's kicked out, he's not going to stay in King's Landing because he knows, you know, I'm just going to drink poison at some point or another if I'm here. Oh, yeah, he had to roll. And so maybe Jamie will still rescue him. No matter what happens, I think Jamie's going to go with him. That's my I would prediction. like to see that. Because I would like to see, from the buddy cop thing, I'd like to see those two kind of get a chance to be brothers for a while, and then at some point Jamie has to die. Jamie's going to do something. He's either going to sacrifice himself this year or he's going to rescue him and he, he would need rescuing either way like if he loses he's gonna need rescuing but if he wins he's still gonna need rescuing because he's like is like there a Gary way that, said. that jamie could uh get involved in the uh trial of fire or trial somehow maybe Who? like uh if uh jamie somehow maybe getting involved in that like maybe you know going in and you know i don't know maybe the mountain gets uh the upper hand on uh I think so i think it's one-on-one and once you pick a champion that's it well you know i, I understand i mean i'm, I'm that, you know, but these guys don't play by the rules. So He's got to save Oberyn, though. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. He goes in and, like, maybe, like, you know, does something to save Oberyn or something. You know, I mean, how would that play in the, the whole trial? I'm wondering. I don't know. Man, it, it's going it to be worse. It? <laughs> yeah. If if Oberyn dies, it's going to be worse than Ned Stark dying, really, at this point, because he's so much more charming. Because <laughs> like, well, Oberyn is like Ned Stark and Tyrion mixed together. He's like Tyrion, but badass, and not a dwar- you know what I mean? Like he's capable in doing the things. That's why I fear for him. Because what is the world with like you yeah, said? Yeah, because like, you see the next episode is where he's like fl- like twirling like, spears around or whatever stuff. Like he's like all badass. I'm like oh god. Well, that why his paramour's like you're fighting that? <laughs> That's all. <awesome. Yeah. laughs> It, it does seem like he's fighting sort of like the Unsullied, though, which, you know, I'm wondering if maybe he got some training. Or well, whatever. he sort of, if everything's set up and payoff, and he's already yeah. said that, I mean, 
he's been around. He knows a lot of styles. You do fear, though, like you said, though, if, if two people as awesome as Tyrion and Oberyn are allowed to exist, like, what evil yeah. has, has in been... In this uh, world, Well, maybe what? that's the White Walkers. Maybe that's their yeah, now the White arising. Walkers are just going to yeah. come in early. It's like, too much decency and humanity? Forget it. So I get it now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the... That's a just payment for Overin being a complete badass. <laughs> God, I, that, that's why I'm. I, this is the most anticipated Game of Thrones episode for me because normally you don't know what's going to happen going into it. You know, you're like, well, well, you get surprised. That's the kind of the emotion. But this one, we know they are going to fight. It's called the Mountain and the Viper, and we've seen the scene. You know, we've seen the preview. So yeah. one of them is going to die. <laughs> you know, it's a title fight. Yeah, unless they stretch it out to the next week. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, <laughs> next like, time. <laughs> they start battle, and all of a sudden, this yeah, isn't lost. We're it's gonna, like, no. We'll see <laughs> all we hear during the uh, closing credits are like, ching, 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 swords clash. And <laughs> like, no. So anyways, I mean, that, that we don't, we have one more big scene to talk about, but that, it literally is my favorite scene of the show ever. And yeah, I, I wish they would have closed it out on this. Uh, yeah, it was so powerful. This, uh, epi- this scene. I wish they would have done the, that other scene before this one and then closed out. I mean, I don't know. This one exactly. The this next one, one was more kind of scandalous that. and you know. Well, I mean, it was another one that you know I, I it seemed like it was rather predictable. You know, but it was you know it didn't end the same way that the, the previous scene. Did. It was, it was with, much uh, more awkwardly done too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because there's some weird moments about this scene, and there's a book moment that, that will piss you guys off if I'll tell you about it in a second <laughs> when we get to it. So let's go to that scene again. And funny, I was surprised that it was the last scene because they did it like that would be a shocker, but that's exactly what we. I mean, yeah, I felt vindicated because they did it. I don't know about a book scene because I'm gonna. I'll get to the book. Well, but. I'll get to the yeah. The well, I, well, I'll tell you something about the book that'll. Well, this is not a not a spoiler. It's something from this season. Two things were about the book that kind of made that scene even kind of worse. Well, I mean, I don't know the book. But it starts with Sansa making the Winterfell, a very finely crafted Winterfell. But it starts yeah. before that where she walks in and sees snow for the first time, which I think was a really great scene, too, where she kind of the music's it's playing. It's because it's like the only kind of reprieve she has, although it must be a set because you can't see their breath or anything. So Yeah. It's not really But it's deep. the first time I think it's cool that she's seen snow. And they said there's another third book thing that might pitch you off because in the, in the book she has a line that says, in Winterfell I'm stronger, within the walls of Winterfell I'm stronger. I was like, that's kind of a cool line, because when she's talking to, you know, was it Robin? Robin, Robin, <laughs> the little uh, web toe. And this is a I scene. I can't that's believe a... he's not the product of incest. Yeah, he might be. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a scene too, where you see where the aging up of the character in the show kind of really affects, because her kind of reacting that way, weirdly. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, she's supposed to be fourteen or twelve or whatever. Yeah, she's, been, supposed to she's be. like twenty. Although yeah. I will, I at least will give Sansa that it. she slaps somebody. And <laughs> well, not that. Yeah. That that's great. The part where she slaps that is awesome. I'm talking about where she said, "You've ruined it. I have to build it all again." That's a sort of clumsy like, oh. escalation because they want a confrontation between the two of them. But it would have been better if he just if he'd just been meaner. He could have just wrecked it anyway. He's a little bastard. Yeah, he could just ruin it, and then she could have just slapped him, and that would have been better, I think. Yeah, but I think speaking to her character, why she was so upset. So she she was saying she was trying to remember what Winterfell was like. Right, and I get yeah, I get it. I'll allow, like I said, I'll allow it. 
<laughs> but I'll, I'll allow but this whole scene just because I wanted to see Liza go down the moon hole. I, I love Littlefinger's <laughs> line, too. She's like, I shouldn't have hit him. She's like, no, his mother should have a long time ago. Yes. What's <laughs> like, the thing with him a good and start. the Mockingbird? You know, what is, the, like, is that his sort of sigil? Because he wears that. That is what? his sigil, The yeah. Mockingbird, is yeah. his sigil. He, he's yeah, one of the situation. episodes prior, they, uh, I think Caitlin is talking to him in the the whorehouse or something, like it's like season one, and yeah, she basically says the mockingbird. You choose that. No, Cersei is Cersei talking to him and asking that. Oh, was it Cersei? Yeah, okay, Cersei. Yeah, That's too far back. I don't remember now. Yeah, I mean it was like season one somewhere in that ballpark, and they they mentioned it the one time. He picked it, like he chose it. I mean he made it up because he doesn't have a yeah. ass. So. Yeah, he like yeah exactly. He chose his own sigil. And then we get the creepy, then we get the creepiest pickup line ever. <laughs> it says, "You're." He's like, "In another world, I could be your, you could be my daughter. Now let's kiss." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the worst line ever. You don't ever You're say. You're so much more beautiful than she ever was. But, but the last thing he says is, "You could be my daughter. You could have been my daughter." And then he, <laughs> he kisses her. Not yeah. good. And I don't know, I mean, is he doing that out of, like, is he orchestrating all that at that moment, or is he just doing that? Or I mean, because he has a weird look when he stops kissing her, too. So, I mean, is he doing that to be seen, you think, or? I, that, yeah, I don't know. Because he has a weird I, I snarl. I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. I, mean, I did, I rewound that and checked it out again. When he walks up to her, they show, because, you know, as part of the, of the scene, you know, when he kisses her, uh, Liza sees it, you know, the crazy aunt sees it. So, um, I re- you know, I watched when I watched it a second time. I looked to see if she was, you know, up there prior, like if she saw the slap or anything. And she's not up there initially. And then, he, like, he kind of covers the area with, you know, the cut scenes a couple times. And it's when he's you know, pulling back from the kisses when you see her up there for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if he knows that she's up there or, you know, who knows? Yeah, he may have, you know, called her in or something. Who knows? I love the little moment, too, where they kind of earn the kiss for Sansa, just the initial, like, I mean, I guess the kiss initiates, and she doesn't go, well, what are you doing? Because the line he says before that, you know, and she has the, Renee says, what do we do to the people we love? But she has a little smirk where she approves, and he's like, all right, yeah. So I can at least get initiation into this kiss, and then she kind of pushes him. But but Sansa's really weird, because that happens, and she walks away, but then she goes into that next scene with Liza, and she's like, what did you want? Like, she's totally fine. Yeah. She's not distraught. She's not weirded out by anything. <laughs> you know, she's just like, oh, yeah. yeah, what's going on? She's not scared that she just hit the kid. Like, she knows a couple things that she could be pissed about, but she doesn't really care. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I have no idea, like, why that was a big interesting thing. But I don't know. I, I've read a couple things or, where they said that, or in the podcast, they said that Littlefinger doing these two things that he does in this episode, they're like, they're trying to interpret it. Was he planning it or not planning it? But people that read the book said, well, consider this might this might be his, like, lapse. You know, he might have been doing a couple of things yeah. because of emotion. The behind right. the scenes, they said myself. that he didn't mean for Liza to see. In that, right, okay. in the on-demand, he says that's sort of a slip-up on his that. part okay. when he kisses Sansa. Because I thought he that was planned. But And even but pushing around, they said that... They said that somebody said that like that's it's kind of should be kind of looked at as something that he didn't actually plan either. Like he planned maybe yeah, to I kill her sure. off, but not right then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
maybe not that way and not some way that he could have orchestrate. Well, not where somebody can week. see because like you, you'd want you. There's so many ways you could have done it with no witnesses. Yeah, next week's preview yeah. shows them kind of on trial, like or kind mm-hmm. of on like an inquiry or something about that. So you yeah, can, yeah. and you yeah. wonder if Senza is going to defend him. Although she was looking at him all starry eyed. So, but the, yeah, the two. Well, it, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you got to look at it from her point of view as uh, you know. How has she gone into? Yeah, that's the dude who's basically saved her from also, the evil clutches. Yeah, Joffrey was horrible, and he killed Joffrey, and Liza was horrible, and he killed Liza. So how horrible is he? You know, exactly. The two things that um are kind of annoying when you know the, just the that's, tidbits. The other the, thing they say in the behind the scenes is they say she is batshit crazy. Yeah, that, they, yeah, they oh, know. Yeah, that, that's like exactly. That's, <laughs> yeah, they, we, we the Benioff up on guy that. says that. I'm like, whoa. He said, yeah, she's batshit crazy. <laughs> but he's like, but she does have a good reason because she just caught him cheating. So it's like, it's literally, it's like when you have somebody that's crazy and paranoid, but then you show them the thing they're actually crazy and paranoid about. You're like, so they're actually oh right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh my God. Well, and also you wonder because, because, they were saying in the behind the scenes too. They're saying she rattles off all this stuff that basically reveals that the entire story was. Set well, in that's the thing. Two of them yeah. and that's... Sansa like doesn't hear it because you know she's been held over a moon hole. Well, this is the thing that's going to piss you guys off even more. Here we go. I'm about to drop some knowledge on you. They said the the people that read the book they said that this scene. You know, we we're so pissed about that one scene. Where it's like, and I gave you the wife, and you're my because I put in my husband's drink. All that stuff was not in yeah. that scene it was in this scene which totally makes sense yeah. that she is yeah. totally devastated and she's yeah. just spilling why, why change that around because she kind of yeah because the only reason you would say that that they're trying to amp the tension with sansa but like we just said sansa walks into all these scenes like hey what's going on and never <laughs> so, knows anyway yeah, yeah she's she not never scared. knows the gravity of what's happening yeah, she's not scared for her life at all. So why would you even put that in that one scene? Because her being like, I'm going to make love to you tonight in front of the guy, that was enough to show that she's crazy. You don't need to show all that stuff. Yeah, and so yeah that, that makes, is a shame because it makes much more sense. It makes perfect sense that she would spill it. I mean, because she kind of does it, but just in a light version. But you, I, I guess they, they didn't want you to be totally blown away by that truth and then her have her get pushed down You're like whoa 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 that would have been a better reveal because otherwise this scene is payoff for us because we want to see her die but but it is weak compared to the rest of the episode but wouldn't that have been so a better way to... full of good stuff wouldn't but that have been they, a way to... they could have shown her being crazy in other ways though so you didn't have to even they, go there but they true. already yeah, did you just look at her and you can tell she's crazy well they already all did that in stuff. that scene did you let it did you let him touch you and all this stuff her crazy I mean, weird and jealousy and actually, is sufficient. You know, honestly, I don't think it had to even. I think if you'd have cut that out completely, it still would have been expected. I mean, you, you had her breastfeeding her kid in the first uh, season or second, yeah, first season. She's breastfeeding a freaking like what eight year old, nine year old, whatever the hell he is. Well, and, and then there's yeah, the never any question. Like, you know what? You what almost it makes me mad is that Sansa this year. Why did anybody believe her? Like we said, if she's been this crazy the whole time. How did she Why did anybody ever come to her for? You know what's weird about yeah. that is they're wearing different clothes, but you could almost—they're standing in the same spot though. You could almost cut that scene together with that because <laughs> they're yeah. standing right in the same room. Because you go, it just makes total sense. That it would—it would have made the scene where you're like, yes, she got pushed out, but like you said, oh yeah, we we expected it. It would have totally blown your mind, and it would have been an awesome way to end this episode. You're like, what? No, absolutely. I, I think that one scene. If you yeah actually absolutely if you take, if you cut it out from before then this all of a sudden become a, a much more powerful scene and it actually fits being the the end of yeah. this because we even said episode. last the time when they did it it was badly written one because it, you could write take the exact same dialogue 
and put in this scene, and it's not badly written because she is just saying all this crap at that moment. But then also, well, no matter where it is, it's badly written because she gives to, away too much. She could. Well, the husband say, part is badly we were, written. We were I guess. in it together without her saying, and then I did this, and then I, we get it. We watched the show already. We know. But it's but it's more understandable. She's just going nuts, and she just saw him cheat, and she thinks it's all over, and then all this, you know, she's saying, "I did all of this for you." That's it makes much more sense than. And in that scene, because one, it's badly written in that scene, and also, like we said, it's an awesome reveal, but we didn't even need it. We didn't, like, at that moment, we didn't even expect it. All the people that are that she lists, though, and she's... Those Her are not father. All people. Yeah. What'd they do to him? Well, he was six, so maybe yeah, they that, made him six. Yeah, that, like, that's, like, that's what I'm wondering. Like, what have these two been up to? Cause she, she's like, yeah, oh, everybody that was against us, we got eight. them all. Like, whoa, whoa, really? Yeah, because I'm wondering about that, too. Because, you know, he died during the you know, running of the show, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing was brought up then. It wasn't like he you know, died of anything mysterious. And he was really like old, he too. Well, so, through I mean, the book, he, yeah, exactly. he was sick. I mean, they don't show it as much in the show, but through the book, he was sick for a long time. Like So So oh, obviously yeah, they, made, they put Clorox in his suit, him. like in Sixth Sense or whatever. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> too much chlorine in his gene pool. That's a Sixth Sense callback. Right there. <laughs> yeah. What a twist. But, yeah. And then the other people, the, the book readers are also upset at this because apparently in this, this like kind of scene, it's like one of the most iconic lines from the books because he says, you know, I've only ever loved one woman. And in the show, he says, she says, he says, your sister. And then he pushes her out. But in the book, he says, only cat. And then he pushes her out. And people have always said that's like the code word for what's going to happen. They're like, only cat, <laughs> only cat. And they're like wondering if like they didn't understand, people wouldn't understand what they're talking about. Because or- she's been dead for a while. Well, they just talked about her. I mean, they just said her name in one of the scenes, I think. So, I mean, yeah. but maybe, I don't know. I think, and somebody said that maybe it's just thematically they're kind of tying in the themes of the sh- this episode, which is all about siblings. And Maybe. maybe. That makes yeah, sense. that makes it worse. What I love, um, I don't even know like an actor's name. He plays Littlefinger. I mean, I can forgive his weird little, because he's an Irish actor, and you can always hear that Irish accent coming into, like, weirdly inconsistent sometimes. But I love when he pushes her, and he just kind of just recoils in disgust. He's like, ugh. And he just pushes her out the window. It's a good little moment. If you watch it again, I'm sure that's like a gif somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And so we get her falling out, and we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and then now we have to see what becomes of the little child. Yeah, he's in danger. Yeah, I was a little disappointed <laughs> that he didn't. I, I just would love to see him like, oh, no, Man. mommy! And just like run after her. Well, yeah, he's totally I did like that as an idea I mean. that she would just jump in the hole after her. It's like, I was going to throw him out too, but. He's oh going to well. be a warrior in book seven because he's going to be <laughs> the Batman story or something. <laughs> you know, origin story with him. Who knows? He'll be going around the countryside sucking on breasts. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, uh, I'm a tit guy. That's all. Yes. They call me Breast Boy. So it was a little awkward. That That's was... why I talk with a gravelly voice. <laughs> yeah. Always suck it on the teat. His name is Robin, guys. Come on. Hey, I, I, there you go. <laughs> so that something. So, Maybe I mean, even this if, week yeah, the he's the not Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Robin's parents you fell to their death. Given name, Robin. <laughs> but. Like I said, that that the uh, Winterfell the the uh, dark uh, the 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 wall scene was the the only thing that was actually filler, kind of. 
And this scene was kind of awkwardly executed, especially when you kind of learn what could have been, I guess. But besides that, this was my favorite episode of the season so far. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, I think. It was my favorite scene. They nailed it. Yeah. And I guess... Yeah, the only thing that sucks is we got to wait two goddamn weeks for the next one. (laughs) This is the perfect point to do that, too. I don't know why they're doing that, but... Over well, it, they're man. doing a Memorial Day weekend. I, I, I heard that. I was like, oh, shit. What are they doing? Makes sense. Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I guess that because that's Thrones. more of a three-day weekend. Because exactly. Easter they don't care about. They they aired on Easter night. Yeah. But I guess because yeah, Memorial up, Day man. is a three-day weekend, they figure people will be That's wrong. perfect because I can stay up late and watch it. Watch it three times. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then do a podcast that <laughs> night. It's not, like, it's not like Memorial Day weekend. We could is podcast like a whole that night. Man. <laughs> It's not a worldwide, uh, what do you call it, you know, holiday. You know, yeah. Easter, yeah, that's a worldwide holiday. Memorial Day, no. Interesting. <laughs> Damn, America. Well, we want to see battling. We want to see Oberyn win on Memorial Day. It'll make it all, all the more exciting Day. for us to have to wait. And, and it'll make oh, it true. easier to get a TV 8-minute episode out for me. That would be well, cool to do okay. one live episode before the so season. We can at least talk ends. Godzilla. Well, the next one's going to be a big one. It's going to be the Batman stuff, all that stuff. So, for now... <laughs> We got a big episode coming up. Okay, so good, right, good episode. Good. I, I'm, I'm told, was I was good. floored by it. We always talk about. It. I was, I, I was very Nancy pleased with it. Two episodes. You know, we it. had envisioned a much more dramatic where Oberyn actually steps in unexpectedly. You know, but I will. But t- this, but, this is very straightforward and uh, and more realistic that he just comes to him. Yeah, and still, we don't know how Oberyn's planning to reveal it in the court. He could. They could just. I, th- I think they'll just cut to it probably, or he he might do the same thing. Might dramatically. I'm fighting for him. You never know. Yeah. I want to see the reaction, yeah. So I hope we don't cut to a point where he's just suiting up. You want to I want to see Tywin's the reactions. reactions. That's what you want to see, you know. Yeah, it would be cool to see his reaction to the news. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I couldn't be more excited about and this. And this episode... Yeah, what I said, the preview shows the two of them fighting. So, I mean, it, it's, it's obvious that they actually do end up fighting. Yeah, so, and that's good because we were like, we yeah. want to do it next time. But, like, I, this is perfect because they had all an episode building up to it. And it was all very... It wasn't filler or a stall at all. It was building up to what needed to happen. And if you listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you listen to us, like, what is it, two episodes back, where we just kind of bash the episode and about being filler and none of the stuff. And yeah, because last episode we liked pretty good. It was the one it was, before that. It's because sort of nothing really happened difficult. in this. I mean, stuff happened, but like nothing huge plot wise. I mean, Ober and doing that, but everything, like we said, everything we knew, everything we predicted happened. So it wasn't like yeah. anything surprising. But it was so well done. It was like first season Game of Thrones, like just the writing. Yeah, I mean, this is. Well, we, we also had the two episodes right after Joffrey died that were like that too, and so I mean, that, that's where you're like you're talking about two episodes ago, and you know, it's just it was it was filler after filler, and then a little bit of stuff and more filler. Yeah, so. but you can have a maybe. I mean, those are were they all written? I mean, this was by the main guys, but the the, the main guys wrote the the episode we hated too, I think. So it's like, well, I don't know. It's just. This this season, like, it could be the be- awesome season. I mean, it's kind of been kind of weird and up and down. Like, the stuff that's happened has been great, but some of the execution of the episodes has been totally great. But, I mean, then you kind of ruin my kind of perception of what the season is by making one of my favorite episodes and favorite scene. You're like, ah, I don't know where to judge this now. I don't know where to rank this in the season. Well, I, I think a lot of it might be anticipation that they're trying to build. Right. I, 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 I'm getting the feeling, you know, it, you know and we're not going to know, obviously, until I think episode 10's over. But yeah, you know, I'm thinking that what they're trying to do is is put in you know a bunch of building a bunch of anticipation for you know the things that are to come, 
And you know, cause, you know, this episode, like I said, it was just one of the best of the whole, you know, the whole damn show. Right. You know, not just this season, the whole damn series. Yeah. So it's like you know, if these are the things that are to come, and you know, we're going to have this big, you know, you know, big you know climax with the next uh, you know three episodes, you know, four episodes, including the, this. What yeah, we're it about seems now. like. I mean, I kind of. Yeah, I mean that's going to be cool. I kind of. I didn't. I looked at this the episode titles, which isn't a spoiler, but I mean, the next one is the fight. Seems like the next one, the next one is um the it's the Watchers in the Wall. That's the name of the episode, and then the last episode is like the children or something. So you feel like it's the Craster's children. So maybe they will do some kind of White Walker craft or I don't know what it was called. Maybe I I well, thought the it children was like, I would think would be the White Walkers. Well, but then also is everybody yeah, children? Might be Arya. It's one of those double meaning things like they always like to do. Oh yeah, I mean, it probably would be a double quick, meaning. Could be the dragons. Oh uh, yeah, everybody's children, I guess. <laughs> but like, well, it doesn't matter. We'll get there. I don't. But it shows. I'm it, it sh- that we'll know soon enough. Yeah, one yeah, thing I but did it just shows that looking... you don't. Go on. I'll yield. I'm just saying, it just shows that you don't need like a crazy, crazy episode like you don't need anything happening to this is why we're so critical of those other ones you don't need crazy things happening we just need a just a well ex- just good writing to make the show what it is so yeah and and that that, that, that you see like because they had the biggest thing they have happen is is what happens at the very end of this episode but it's the rest of the episode that's strong yeah right well all right okay so It'll be a couple of weeks, I guess it sounds like, before they get yeah, back. Yeah, I was right. We get it's back. The, it's the mountain and the viper, the watchers and the wall, and then the children, and then the episodes coming. So, so we'll be there. Yeah, looking forward to a strong finish. In the meantime, you can listen to other episodes of TV on the Throne at tv8mydinner.com, as well as episodes of TV 8 My Dinner, some of our other podcasts, mostly just those two right now. Uh, we'll keep drinking... Yeah, they, one episode. <laughs> who knows? If maybe I'll try to do a drunken dead. I just need to make an audio because we do have the audios are are easier to throw out there. Um, you don't have to dress up. You can wear your underwear. It's better. I do that in the video. <laughs> by the time well, you yeah, by the time you're drunk enough, by episode four, <laughs> woo, you get to see that slang. But you can. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter, you can dog us on Dweebler, you can game us a Throndle, uh, plus us on Google, and, and that's pretty much more places than, than we really are. You can ice us on fire, you can <laughs> dragon us on White Walkers, yeah. all that stuff. Geocities.com slash Angelfire slash Game of Thrones. Flash mockingbird. <laughs> Live churn. Alright, so, and anyway, until next time, my name is Sean. My name is Angie. And this is Gary. Don't fuck it See you guys. We are your champions.
champion.